0: Trillions of dollars.
1: Youngster. Welcome back to another interview on Youngster Year. I had the privilege recently of speaking with Drew and Nick from the Chicago band Deeper. They're just about to release their third studio album called Careful on September 8th, and it will be their debut on the legendary indie label Sub Pop Records. I've been listening to this band for years, and so getting to do this interview was an absolute treat for me. They were a joy to speak with and had so many good things to say, but don't take it from me. Well, do. You know, do take it from me, because uh, I want you to trust me and everything. But Listen to this, and it'll help you build that trust. You guys came up in this sort of like renaissance of indie music in Chicago, and so now preparing to release your third album, You've been around long enough to kind of see the scene change and take shape. So is there anything that like immediately comes to mind as being different now than it was when you were like first starting out?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, one thing that was different was how you like found out about shows. Like a big thing for us when we were like in our early 20s was Facebook events Mm. and like That's how I could, like, actually know if, like, somebody was coming to, like, our show or, like, a DIY event, you know, was like, go on that and, like, invite all your friends. And, like, that was kind of, like, how, like, show posting went. And I remember, like, when that kind of, like, everybody kind of got off Facebook, that definitely changed the way that you, like, could hear about DIY shows a little differently. I know that sounds really funny, but it, it really was, like, a big deal. Like, that's how I knew what to do on the weekends was, like who's going to what, you know, and you could see that. And people were pretty good about like whether or not they'd say yes. So you like, that's not really a thing anymore. And just like the overall like amount of spaces that you could play in, there was a lot more legitimate like DIY spaces when we were coming up. Mm. Yeah.
0: yeah. It also, it's going mean, to make me sound like old, but I almost feel like it were like at the tail end of this like wave of bands that kind of like came up, you know, between, Twin Peaks and Knee High and, and Whitney and, you know, Vino Nino and, you know, so many in slow pulp now, you know, even though they're kind of like a late add to Chicago scene, mm-hmm. plus so many, so many more, it's really cool, but it def- definitely feels like, you know, you know, we're kind of coming up at the tail end of, you know, a lot of our peers, which is, which is nice still. So,
1: yeah. And you mentioned like your peers. I know I've like read before about sort of the way that you guys saw a sense of community in music when you were kind of first starting out, you know, you could kind of see what, what friends of yours were maybe doing who are maybe further along a little bit and kind of either replicated or choose to do it a little bit differently. Would you say that's still a practice for you guys?
2: Um, it is. And it isn't. I mean, I think a lot of people that maybe we were playing with at that time, so a lot of them aren't bands anymore. And a lot of our friends that were in the music industry or like, in bands that were doing stuff, maybe got out of it after the pandemic. So I feel like there is definitely a camaraderie between us and people that are still doing it. But um, I feel like it's definitely a little bit different now. It feels like we kind of have, we're kind of just trying to do our own thing and we're less about just being as like Chicago centric as possible, mm. which I think is just from just growing and just touring so much, you know? Yeah. Like, of course, I have a lot of love for Chicago. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> my home, but uh, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. It's a little different than it was before. It's not as easy. We're like Drew said, he's not dating ourselves. It's not like we're like old, but like, you know, when you get in like your late 20s, 30s and stuff like that, I feel like people start to do move on to like different paths Mm -hmm. and like we have, we know people that are younger doing it and they have their groups and those are getting bigger and better. And I feel like that's kind of like the new that we, every, every Chicago scene like passes down the torch a little bit to the next generation, especially as far as like DIY culture. Mm -hmm.
0: And Uh, I think that's also just part of growing older and stuff. You know, it's not like some, like some phenomenon that's specific to music. It's like, you know, like, after college or like, you know, your early twenties or whatever, it's like, you're just like hanging out with friends and like just going out all the time. And, you know, if you kind of apply that same lens to a music scene, it's just like so many nights of the week, you're just going to shows, you know, just like different houses, different spaces, just like meeting up with people, doing so many different things. And yeah, it's just the natural, you know, kind of like progression of things. I definitely think COVID had a big, a big part in it too. like getting to the other side of the pandemic and it's like oh man i don't even know what the like the diy spaces are now and it's just kind of like all the people that you kind of like came up with prior to the pandemic i definitely feel like there's kind of like a big break between like us and like the next wave of people kind of as a result of that yeah
1: i do think that throughout this whole like process you guys have obviously changed a little bit from album to album but the band has this incredibly unique and recognizable sound and from what I understand, it it hasn't always been this way. Is that right? You guys had kind of a, a very different approach to things before you had any sort of official releases?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, our whole philosophy as far as, like, the way we, like, write the guitar parts was never playing chords and trying to, like, incorporate, like, if you're playing, like, we're both kind of playing the same riff on top of each other. It's not, like, something we really came up with or anything like that, but, like, uh, kind of like the band The Women Approach Guitars. That was kind of like our focus. Like, we want to be able to rip like them. And we just tried to do it the w- only way we knew how to. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of came off a little more melodic. I don't know. We we I feel like our guitars are, are pretty, you yeah. know? So yeah. we just kind of try to do that kind of shit. A lot of the earlier stuff was like me and Mike, our old guitar player, like just basically playing off of each other and just trying to drone like one note. And then, like, Drew in the early days was, like, playing bass. And so he would kind of, like, move the melody. We were all kind of moving the melody at the same time. But, like, letting the bass do more work for some songs than, like, in past people would be, be, like, chugging guitar chords. I don't know. It's Mm. not something that we've ever really wanted to do. Okay. Though we do do it sometimes, I guess, now. (laughs) (laughs) We want to sound like a rock band or something.
1: Of course, yeah. I just wanted to ask about that real quick, because I read that somewhere and I thought that was really interesting. So yes, the album really quickly, though, I do just want to talk about like the history of sort of like the sequence of albums. And I know that with your very first record, the self titled, you had to record it in pieces, just because that's kind of the way it worked with the person who was producing it at the time. David
0: Trano. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I think I remember reading that you would all kind of agreed that that aspect of it kind of having been recorded in pieces, it kind of added something to it and gave it depth. And so you know, I'm assuming you took perhaps a little more structured approach with careful but are there any like circumstantial qualities unique to this album that you think sets it apart from the rest
0: well i think you know something that is kind of similar to the self titled i didn't really think about it until you kind of framed it up like that but it's like to your point when we recorded the self titled it was like okay we have two songs so let's just record those and then when we have two more songs we'll get dave and we'll record those and so like the the sounds on the self-title i think are like pretty varied Mm -hmm. uh, because you can kind of hear this, like, you know, moment when we were just like really influenced by more like dreamy elements or like, you know, punkier elements and things like that. And touching on auto pain, I feel like auto pain was like very much like, it's still diverse in sounds, but I feel like it's a very like fully realized vision of a record, like start Mm -hmm. to finish, like, you know, like that's how it should be consumed in my opinion Mm -hmm. with careful, just like it was written, like kind of in piecemeal over the pandemic. And so maybe kind of like in a similar way to the self titled, it was like, we kind of like pull different influences and, and things like that. The difference though is with the, with the self titled, it was like, we were just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what's stuck. And they're like, let's just record it. Whereas with careful, maybe it's like a similar approach to the first record, but it's much more iterative and like, you know, Nick and I just like bouncing ideas back and forth and like, you know, slowly like fine tuning them until we like, unlocked the song so it feels like a lot more intentional i think
1: all right yeah so more of an intentional sort of vibe with this new album and it was brought up in a previous interview from like a year ago when it was still in the works and you guys were still writing and recording and i think it was actually nick who was saying um you'd all been really taking your time with it and there wasn't as much of like a sense of urgency or comparing yourselves to others so then that was a year ago did that continue to be the case when you were kind of finishing it up
2: I mean, there was a little bit more of an urgency when we were trying to uh, re- get somebody to release it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like uh, we wanted it to come out, but no, I don't. I don't know if we ever really felt urgent about this one. It took a lot of work in a lot of ways, though. It didn't take as much work as it felt like auto pain mm-hmm. did, or even the self-titled one. It just was like a lot of gaps of us not working on it. We did a, the bulk of it probably around the time that interview. I don't know which one it was. I I probably was blabbing about it in a lot of things, but it it took about like a year and a half to write most of the songs, and then we went into the studio for about two weeks and had the bulk of it done, and then we just kind of like mixed it and put it on the shelf for a while, and it just didn't feel like we find we really had it yet. Mm-hmm. And then right around the time we started working with Sub Pop, we we're like, all right, well let's let's try to finish this and um, we ended up writing like the last two songs were bite and sub that we put on the record. And that kind of made it seem like it had like a, I don't know, a voice or something, or just like a direction. And that was something that we were missing like the whole time. There was just a lot of abstract stuff that we were trying to do with the album that I feel like we hit sometimes. And like other times we didn't think that we've really got it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the time, I, at least for myself, I think I could speak for some of the other guys too. Um, when you're not really that sure of something as much, like, I don't know, it's easier just to kind of try to forget about it than to fix it, you know? Yeah. And when we started trying to actually fix it, we started to realize that we had something good. So I'm I'm really stoked about it, how it turned out. I think everybody else is too. And we're, we're like, we actually just got back from like learning how to play some of the songs. We're practicing, trying to figure it out. Awesome. <laughs> right yeah. Now. You're going to need to um, pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're in the middle of actually learning it. So that's kind of the fun part now. It's a lot. So I'm really excited for people to hear the full
0: thing though. Awesome. So. Yeah. And just, and just to add to that, you know, like with Nick talking about like some of the more abstract components, we were listening back to what, what we'd recorded before adding these final two songs. And I think, you know, when it comes to like venturing into like new territory, it's like, I feel like if the listener doesn't have like enough frame of reference for like a different deeper sound or like a more like normal, deeper sound, I guess, then it's harder to latch on to some of the more abstract things. It's, mm. If you don't have like a frame of reference, then you can't really deviate from anything. You're just kind of like scattered all about. So I feel like these other two songs gave us like a nice like anchor to then like do weird stuff from. And so then it gives like the album, like it feels like very, like it all works together.
2: Yeah. I would say. Yeah. We, like, tried to sequence it for, like, I don't know, maybe two months. It's <laughs> Just going uh, Maybe it wasn't that long, but it was felt like fucking forever. And we basically, yeah, that was, like, the, that's always the hardest part for us. We could finish something. And, like, like I said, we had it basically done for, I don't know, maybe a year or more. And figuring out how to have somebody listen to it, that, that, like, matters to us maybe more than anything else. So that was, like, a big part of it for us, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's why it sat for a moment was because we were just, like, this is almost a record. This is like basically like we could release this and it would be considered like a full, a full length record. But like trying to play with the sequencing, it was like this never really clicks. Like it kind of goes from like a, a more straightforward song to something weird and it doesn't really like it feels very like sudden, you know. Mm-hmm. And so just getting a couple more other songs, we could like slot things in a different arrangement that made you know, it, it really did like unlock the rest of the record, you know.
1: Yeah. And I think that's or,
0: such so, uh like the other thing that we did in the fu- sorry no it's the
1: okay. only-
2: we'll, me me and Drew will literally go on <laughs> please if yes. you just sit there like we'll say we'll say something now yeah,
0: you're you making know? my job easier go so. back and forth endlessly <laughs> um, the I, I think the other thing that's really cool about the record was in in the fi- in the final mile was you know tweaking with different like interludes and 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 uh, and found sounds and noises to really bring it together because one of the songs Fame which is going to be the, the next single. Uh, when Nick got back from his honeymoon, he had this like cool found sound. And we're like, oh, let's, let's like try and like figure out how we can like put this into, you know, into the song. And I think it also just gave us like more ammunition to have things to kind of like thread between the songs and, and give it a lot more flow than it had before we added those two songs. So it's really adding the two songs, then figuring out a thread, a couple other like interesting components to like really like beat the glue in, in between them. Okay. One, two, three. Now let's make several claps with a little pause. Okay, one, two, three.
1: I think that's honestly such a a common thing about having something sit for a long time before finally being ready or being able to put it out is just such a common thing that happens that maybe isn't talked about or thought about so much. But you guys had sounds like kind of a, a unique circumstance in this case when you have those last two songs that you added. And so I know when something comes out like a year after it's finished, it kind of feels old already at that point. But I think that kind of sounds like a unique thing that you guys went through and does it feel a little more like current to you
2: yeah because we definitely does yeah because okay. we don't know how to play it <laughs> <laughs> well there you go yeah <laughs> all right fair enough yeah. but the songs are old like mm. um dual bass is a song i like wrote it almost seven or eight years ago oh wow and it was just like during the auto pain sessions i brought in like uh some uh, tapes that I had of demos and that's like what became like Lake Song and Warm. Those are like mm. kind of where those songs came from. And on that I had Dual Bass and so like when we started like when we like went in for like 14 days to r- record shit, that was one of the things that our engineer producer Dave like, he's like, we should bring that song in and try and see what we could do with it. So like we had that um telly like i had like a version of that that i did and i thought it was garbage and i sent it to drew and he like was obsessed with it and he's like no we got to figure this one out so that was really like his baby trying to get that one into into this album like that shit just was like almost so the record i think is a good like reference for the record is it's a lot of self-reflection from our point of view Mm -hmm. and hopefully the listener's point of view and themselves that's kind of the fun part about this record is it was a lot of going back and seeing stuff that maybe we kind of disregarded before so there's a lot of reflection in in how we became this band yeah you know sub having a part a guitar part from the first single that never even came out for Deeper Mm. was a another example of that.
0: I think also the record was finished by the time we actually signed with Sub Pop. So because we were like out of contract, you know, when we were largely like writing it and and working on it, I feel like we could kind of pursue whatever we wanted and not feel like there are these like expectations. Like, honestly, I'm kind of relieved that we signed with Sub Pop after it was done because it's like, I think that's like, kind of like, as an artist of any sort, it's like, you don't want to feel like the, when expectations are like imposed upon you, like it kind of can kind of like change the way that you think about things. It's like, Oh, like, you know, maybe I'll, you know, maybe we'll like pop off from this. Maybe we should try and make something that's more accessible or something like that. And I think we were able to make an album that's like really true to ourselves because of, because, well, because of the pandemic, we were just like, kind of like limited to our own worlds, you know, Mm -hmm. like writing just like in isolation. Yeah, And then, um, Yeah. And then finishing it before sub pop was involved. So I do feel like, you know, it's through and through like us and like, we feel like we can take some more risks and stuff. So I'm really excited to get it out. That's good.
1: Yeah. Are you, I mean, obviously you're very aware of it, but are you ever, are you afraid that like that sort of perceived expectation imposed might like affect you for future releases?
2: I don't think so after getting this one under our belt. I, I, I personally think that like the team that we have on sub pop, like if, If we were to do another record with them, I trust that they that they would let us do whatever we wanted to do in the way that we would like to, you know, like I I don't they have never been like overbearing in any way. So I feel like being able to go through this cycle like this will make it so like the next one won't feel that big or like that, like much of an increased pressure. I think it's just like the, the normal pressure of just trying to make something better than the thing before it, you know? Right, right. And I mean, our goal is to constantly change and be better and do stuff that excites us, you know? So definitely,
1: yeah,
0: I'm excited to see what that is. I feel very fortunate. Like, the you know, to Nick's point, it's like everyone at Sub Pop is very real and humble. And even though it's like definitely feels like a step up at the same time, it's like they're all just people that are really excited about music, and it definitely doesn't feel like you know, we're in a room with some like big wig who's like, you know, we need to sell more records, like, you know, write another hit or something like that. So it's nice,
1: yeah, that is nice. And I, I definitely do want to come back to uh sub pop in a second just because that's really exciting stuff. Um, but we, I wanted to go back really quickly. We were talking about singles earlier, mm-hmm. and uh, something that I immediately noticed in Build a Bridge when it came out was that repeated lyric, it's the right kind of rhythm, is also, I noticed it's in Willing too on the last album. Yeah. <laughs> any of that like intentional or like is that some kind of like you know just motif you wanted to explore further just something that sounds cool
2: it is and it isn't I mean a lot of the way that I write lyrics are just kind of like subconscious words like I, I like to like just like I'll have like the the music and I'll do like a first pass kind of just off the top of my head and if like something like hits I write it down and I just keep going until like I have the full thing a lot of the record does have a lot of callbacks and like, I feel like our whole thing is we want to create like a deeper world. So when the listener is listening to it, they feel like they're engulfed in it and like want to listen to everything we're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And like the music videos are a part of that too, where we, I don't know, there's like things in them that you might find in other stuff. And that's definitely something that we like to
0: play around with.
2: Okay. Yeah. I'm Um, like,
0: I'm like, man, Jack. If you if you caught that, like, once you hear the whole record, you're gonna be hearing like all sorts of like callbacks and Easter eggs. Hey,
2: I don't want to give it away, but like, yeah, I guess yeah, that's kind of what we like. We do that on purpose. Yeah, I don't
0: know. Okay. Yeah,
1: no, that's that's awesome. I'm I'm yeah. just even more looking forward to it now. So that's cool. I <laughs> yes. like that idea of creating kind of a a world or a universe or something. That's that's cool. Because, like I mentioned earlier, you know, it's a, it's, uh, you've obviously just listening to these singles, and then I listened back to the first album recently before this, and it is so clearly the same band, but there's also a very clear like evolution.
2: Good, good to hear that. Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm glad. I, I feel like that's what drives me insane about our music is that I feel like it all sounds different, and then w- when we when we have the record, trying to put it together in a way that makes it sound like to us that it is the same record. Like that's probably our biggest problem when we're trying to like problem that we're trying to solve when we're finished with the recording process and just trying to figure out how to like make the album sound like an album. Cause I feel like that's something that people don't really think about. It's like, it's a collection of songs. Yeah. But like, there's like, how do you like put those songs together? And like, is there a story or is it just a vibe? I think that like we kind of tried to do both. I mean, there's a conversation happening in all the deeper songs that are all supposed to be tied together yeah um i think that's important in trying to write like an album
0: yeah so like i think something else coming back to what nick was saying like the deeper world and even you know just some stuff he was just saying um you know i think you know writing the record just kind of thinking about like you know creating an identity for the band you know and like leaning more into that and thinking of some of the elements that like we had a lot of fun with around auto pain the self-titled, I think it was really ourselves figuring, you know, figuring things out. And I feel like we started coming to our own to have an identity on auto pain and thinking about like the cool stuff from like some of the videos that we did to, um, the graphic design and things like that. We're like, how can we make this like world that, you know, people can come into and be like, I want to just like, you know, go further into it. Mm -hmm. And I also think just like, um, less to like stick out as a band. But I think like, I, you know, I think of some of my favorite bands and they have like firmer, like tangible identities, you know, you think of like, you know, so many different bands that come up in every era. And there are a lot of bands that are kind of similar to one another, but then like just certain ones stick out to you for one reason or another. It's like, it's almost like cliche to bring up like Wilco or something, you know, you know, being from Chicago, but it's like, there were so many alt country bands that were coming up and then they kind of like really crafted their own identity that just like to deviate from that a little. And I think that's what really set them apart. So I think that's what we're trying to do. Long story short.
1: And, on the, and there's really something to that, like the aesthetic is like so clear, like you said, from the videos to the album artwork. And there's like really something to be said for that. I don't think it's maybe, I mean, maybe it's something that people really notice and are aware of, but um, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I, don't know. I hope. Yeah. I mean, I definitely do. It's <laughs> such a like, and honestly, this isn't like this. This is more good than bad. But um, I eventually like bought the um, Auto Pain record, but I got the deluxe thing, and I was a little bit disappointed that it wasn't the same cover as the regular one, just because like it's simpler, and I just really liked the picture on. That. I mean, it's not a big deal, obviously, but no, yeah. just to that that point of like the aesthetic, it's so. I thought the album cover was so cool, and it's it's a good album too. So it like they really do work together.
2: Cool, yeah, we, tr- we, we tried to like put them together in a way um all right drew i think you're about to say how we we're going to do it but yeah i'll let you take that over
0: well you know so if you look like on spotify at all the remixes that we did the cover work for the remixes um i, I don't think we've ever said this to anybody but all the remixes like they each have their own like art mm. and it was like this kind of like cool blue and like the initial idea if you look at that cool blue, like the initial idea was like, Oh, maybe we do like the auto pain cover, but instead of that, like red, it's like a, it's like a blue, right. Mm -hmm. And then make that the deluxe edition. But we were actually thinking, we're like, man, I don't know if that's like really like, it's almost, that's almost cliche. Like, okay, just like the same album cover, but now it's just like a slightly different color. And now it's the deluxe edition. So we were like, how can we make this like a little more like, like impressive. And so, we iterate on a couple of different ideas and we just landed on like, let's just do like this like hyper minimal. So it like actually contrasts nicely to the the cover and then you open it up and you have like the, the all black, which I think looks really cool. Yeah. So that's, that's funny that you say that though. I mean, I really like the auto pane cover, but I think this is like a nice, like way to stand alone and not just feel like it just, a, you know, a different color. I agree. Or something.
1: I agree because sure. yeah, some, sometimes a deluxe will come out. Like I know, um, I don't know if you guys know like partisan records, um, they'll put out deluxe editions of like a lot of their releases and it's exactly the same. You'll just have like, it'll be like a
2: gatefold or something instead of like yeah. the same cover. We wanted it to be a little bit different, but yeah. I mean, there's definitely parts of it that are the same. Like the inserts are all supposed to be the same. Okay. Yeah. We, we initially wanted to do a die cut. So like the Urdu symbol that says deeper in the middle, that would be like cut out and then like the sleeve would go in there and it'd be red. But, um, it was too cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it she
0: looks good. Been so sick. Yeah. <laughs> if it was just laser cut on there and then you slide it in and then mm-hmm. the, the red pops through. But yeah, one day put that in the back pocket. I yeah, even... no, we got all these in the back pocket. Yeah. yeah, That would be the next deluxe edition. Once we, yeah. we, were,
2: we were fucking rich, man. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to put out <laughs> records for us, you know, that yeah. all the versions we wanted to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, We were talking about Sub Pop earlier, and I definitely wanted to come back to that. Careful is your Sub Pop debut, legendary label. How did that feel when it like became official?
2: Definitely validating. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I'm
1: sure. (laughs) I
2: was uh, so many moments where I was like, "Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? I don't know." You get like you learn to like not really uh, tell anybody about things Mm -hmm. like your family members uh prematurely pretty quickly when you're trying to like sign a record deal or do any sort of basically anything that's like uh you're trying to be public facing don't ever tell anybody you're gonna do it or it's gonna happen until it's 100% gonna happen so I told my like parents and my brothers that we were gonna sign a sub pop because I thought we were gonna sign way earlier yeah (laughs) that was not the case So then I'm like, damn, I really got to like tell them this didn't happen now. Like I'm going to look like a fucking idiot. Um, So yeah, (laughs) there's any piece of advice. Keep everything close. Don't ever
0: say anything to anybody about that shit. I think also it's like, you know, we've talked with a number of like labels or not even just like labels, but like other things. And it's like, oh man, this like great, this great opportunity is going to come through. Mm -hmm. And then it falls apart for whatever reason or like the, you know, we get ghosted on whatever conversation we're having. And so I think it like has caused us to be a lot more level-headed with things. And so we're like, cool, like, well, if the sub-pop thing works out, then great. And then when it actually worked out, we were all like freaking out and finally could be excited. But um, it was really hard to try and stay like calm and level-headed going through like a multi-month process of like, you know, kind of tangoing with them and seeing like if this is going to happen, if they were interested, you know, it felt like dating or something.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot like courting a, a person. Uh, it's really, it's really funny. It, especially cause like so much of it lived online for us. Like we had met our eventual AR uh person before, like we, we sent him the record, he got the record sent to him and then like reached out to us and wanted to come see us play at a festival. And then we like met him at the festival, played, like we, there was a festival where we played two shows in at the same fest. And um, yeah, he, he like came out to both the shows and and uh, we talked and then we like went on the rest of our tour and we're like, well, damn, we really got to like figure this out, see if this is going to work. Cause it, it felt good with him. Yeah. And then when we actually started like going through the process, we like, we still haven't met like half the people that we've talked to it's just all been via zoom. Cause like, I don't know. I think that's just what everything everybody does nowadays, right. you know, including this, you know, it's like <laughs> back. Sure. Like, Three years ago, we might just meet up at like a restaurant or something like that. You know, right. who knows?
0: Sorry. They would also previously fly bands out mm. to like have the have the big marketing meeting and stuff. And uh, yeah, since COVID, they haven't done that. So it's like, yeah, we haven't met a lot of the team still. But yeah, it is a funny courting process because yeah, after we after you know, after we played the shows for this A and R person, we're like that felt really good. Like maybe this is gonna happen. And we're like, oh, we gotta we gotta stay level headed. We gotta be calm. And it wasn't until a couple of weeks later that he was like, oh, like we want to have like another conversation with you. And it's like step by step, like slowly, like starts to like work itself out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was it, it was great. It was great. But it was definitely like you, you have to just remain calm and not get too excited about anything.
1: Right. Yeah, that's tough. Well, you should. I mean, you guys need to hold them to that giving you the, the special treatment and flying you out there and meeting yeah. everybody. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope that happens.
2: Hey, that comes out of your fucking pocket one way or <laughs> yeah. another. So yeah. just, true. 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 Saving some money, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, it, but you know, it really does feel like a, a milestone for you guys. I know that you're saying, um, you know, you feel validated. It, was there any sense of like, you know, we have arrived or it, like, has it changed your expectations for the band moving forward at all?
2: It made me feel like we have more opportunity and like, um, we definitely have a chance to do what we wanted to do mm-hmm. when we started this project. And I think, um, it just, it gets, I'm, I'm just really excited to get to work on something else beyond careful and to see what careful can do, you know, right. on top of that. So I definitely feel like it just kind of put a lot of fire under our asses to just kind of finish what we started really. Right.
0: Yeah. I also think like, you know, signing to sub it's like, you know, I think some people imagine that it's like, it's going to be this like huge springboard or like there's just going to be this immediate like come up. Right. And I think for us, it's actually more like getting like more tools, you know, like adding some like other tools to like your, your bike or something, you know, you, you know, you, you have more like, imagine like rockets being added to your bike or something, but it's like, like you're just get, getting like other things out of it, like enable you, like if you're putting in the work, like you can get more out of it. But there's there's not one moment where it's just like, OK, everything's like easier, you know. Right. It's like at the same time. It's like everything's more expensive. You know, mm-hmm. it's like there's a lot more that goes into an album campaign. So like our break even point like is is further away. Uh, but that, that we're comes- basically like uh, we're basically like the same band just with
2: better gear. You know, yeah. that's like all we really are. OK, you know. Yeah. And so it's just more shit to to be able to play better yeah and that happens then hopefully people like it more you know yeah but not not gonna not gonna change our lives overnight (laughs) that's for sure yeah yeah uh that might be too much to ask (laughs) i don't think that happens anymore yeah right
1: that's too bad So, you guys mentioned like just at the end there, really briefly, when like the AR person was coming out to like a couple shows that you guys played at a festival, um, it got me thinking of touring. So, uh, you guys might have a really interesting take on this because Auto Pain came out like right before the pandemic um, and left pretty much no room to kind of, you know, tour the album. How has your approach to touring changed over the years?
2: It's honestly pretty similar to what it was before. Okay. We just like are smarter about, I don't know, being healthier on the road we don't really stay with people as much anymore we try to stay in like a motel or like something like that just because i guess that is not necessarily because of covid but like one thing that's like you know kind of keeping the band in its own little bubble you know like the got our little mba bubble with this band so um Sorry, the other guys are doing a uh, basketball podcast right now. So I just had to uh, <laughs> okay. put that in, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's definitely something just because we've gotten, you know. One one funny part about touring is like um, everybody in the beginning of the band's life figures out who they know in every city. And those are the cities you try and play in typically. Or that's mm-hmm. how we started. You know, it's like, yeah. how do you get out to New York? Who do we know in New York? Who do we know along the way? And those are kind of how we would set up DIY tours and shit, which goes back to my Facebook thing. That's how I would, I would email, I would message people on Facebook, Drew would message people on Facebook, you know, Shroz would. And that's how we would kind of create our tours. And so like, when you do that, you like really lean on your friends to stay with them, you know? And like, there comes a point where you're touring so often that every time you hit that person up, it's just to stay at their house and, basically you start feeling like you're using your friends. So like, that was something that we adopted once we could aff- afford it. We're mm-hmm. like, all right, we need to stay in a cheap hotel. I don't care if it's like, we, we usually, you know, we have to double up on beds. If we have to do that, we got to do that, you know, and like, that doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. We do that all the time. And I'd rather spend that like hundred bucks than
0: save it. Annoying my friend again, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, yeah. that's definitely been helpful. Also, man, it's funny. And you're out Facebook, something I'd, I didn't think to mention it earlier, but yeah, I remember like going on Facebook and finding someone in like Western Massachusetts or something. And it's like, oh, we have a mutual friend. So I'll add them and be like, oh, hey, we both know Jason. Like we want to see about putting this show on and like, oh yeah, cool, you know, Jason, cool. Yeah, we'll definitely put that on. And so it's like, just like not having Facebook where you could like vouch, where you were just kind of like vouched for by like the mutual friends that you had, like, that, was a, that was a funny aspect to it too. But I also think like just us getting older I think the earlier days of a band, it's not like a vacation, but it's like, this is an adventure. Right. And now it's, it's still an adventure, but it's also like, you to remember it's like a marathon, not a sprint. And so it's like, if we're just staying with someone every night, everyone has like the best intentions, but when people host you, it's like, they also want to like entertain you. Right. And when you're playing like, or Tulsa, you, They want uh, you to entertain them, you know, <laughs> that's fucking yeah, annoying yeah. too. You yeah. Know? It goes both ways for sure. Yeah. And it's like, you're playing Tulsa, Oklahoma on like a Tuesday. And you're like, I want to play and go to sleep so we can just move on to the next place. And it's a lot easier to have like a clean, quiet hotel, be able to wind down and then like wake up, shower and like continue on instead of like them wanting to take you to like breakfast and stuff. Again, like we, we still do that with friends and stuff, but it's like, it's a little bit easier when you're at this point to just like. Have like a, a safe, quiet space just to like crash and like keep moving on with it with the tour. Yeah, yeah. No shit on Tulsa. Tulsa
2: is awesome, but <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I don't I don't really feel like there's any other real things that have changed. Just more or less the standards of like things that venues was always kind of different, especially during like the earlier parts of the pandemic or like the when we were able to like start touring. There was a lot more like you need to have like a mask on and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you need to like test, especially in like Europe, there was a lot of like having to test and stuff, but now it's pretty much the same as it was before.
0: The, the only thing that's different that I can think of is, um, we just got a tour van, mm, you know? Wow. And if, if, I think, yeah, oh yeah, we got a van. <laughs> that's more of a testament to how long we kept things the same. We're like, like Kev, our our bassist, we've used his minivan for, I mean, for going on four years. And it's like, once we max out the minivan, we're like, all right, well, we're just going to buy a topper instead of like spending money to get like a van, you know, a bigger van. And then we max out the topper and it was like, okay, we're just like smashing stuff in here. And then, um, yeah, just before our most recent tour that we did in May, we're like, okay, we have to spring for a full size van so that we can like prepare to you know to kind of start taking this to the next level right so that's the only difference we're, we're a little more comfortable on tour now for sure
1: which is which is good because this you guys got a long one coming up like between north america and europe it's like what two months yeah, total. Yeah,
0: basically. it's gonna be good it'll be fun <laughs> it sounds I'm feeling fun. good yeah. yeah
1: all right and then the soonest thing coming up is the uh the pitchfork music festival on just this friday right
2: mm-hmm. um playing on saturday yeah
1: Does your approach to performing change at all when it comes to like those oddball set times and outdoor stages and things like that with just kind of people floating in and out?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, our festival set is definitely going to be different than a headline set. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's almost more similar to like if we were to open for a band, how we would structure it. Mm. A lot of our thinking is like uh, we're playing early. So it's like how many people are going to be there and like do we want to like make the back more heavy with like things that are maybe like the songs people know our set for this year is pretty consistent to like how we would play a deeper set not watered down but without like too much noise and shit as like our headline show would be yeah so we're we're hoping to kind of just play to the to the online crowd just as much as we are to the people coming in and shit like that so we want people to see what they want to see right
0: yeah okay yeah I think Nick said it best like you know it is kind of structured like we're opening for a bigger band you have to kind of like think like what's a song that we can play that if someone's like passing through just to get a beer or something and they just like are like oh what's going on over there even if they just come over and catch a song or two and like decide to check us out after it's like mission accomplished right so
1: okay yeah I honestly that's that's good I hadn't thought of it as like an opening set but yeah it makes perfect sense yeah okay well a lot of good is happening right now for the band careful comes out early September and then there's, like I said, going to be a couple months of uh, touring here. And then in Europe, uh, you're on a new label, which is super exciting. What do you see happening next? Like,
2: I mean, I want to play some more festivals because it's super fun. But I think uh, just trying to pl- keep playing after that, try to get to new markets. You really want to get down to Australia mm. and Japan and Mexico and South America and stuff. And then um,
0: probably start trying to conceptualize the fourth album. Better to get started on it than to wait. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also think, you know, coming back to a question that you had earlier, Jack, do we feel like we've arrived or, you know, mm. whatever that was, you know, I think kind of rel- related to what you just asked, I hope, you know, the, the label is really just going to afford us like opportunities to keep pursuing things. And I think like, hopefully next year, like doing like a Europe tour, not in the winter, we've always done our Europe tours in like November or February. So it's like hopefully getting there in like May or June of next mm. year, hopefully getting to Australia. That's what I'm hoping the record can get for us is just like, you know, open up some doors to get like a little bit more desirable, like, you know, times to tour or festivals and things like that. So the kind of funny thing with music is it's like every time you release something, I feel like all the team around the the record, around the band, they're always like, oh, well, okay, well, it's going to be the next one that we can do something. And with our Europe tours, like every time we finish it, like our booking agent's like, well, the next one's really going to pop off. The next one's really going to pop off and so it's like as long as we can like keep like slowly like stepping up getting like bigger venues and hopefully getting like some dates in like spain or some mm-hmm. other places in europe we haven't been that's that's really what i would be most excited about so i don't need like some like big bang where we feel like everything's like happening for us but just like having some doors open going in next year i think would be more than enough for me awesome yeah
1: cool okay well thanks guys really really appreciate you guys sitting down and, and uh, doing this and was really uh Happy to pick your brains on the album and all the stuff you got going on. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Nick and Drew from Deeper. I think they make some seriously good music. And if you think so too, which obviously you do because it's objectively good, Go see them out on tour this fall. They're going to be super busy headlining full North American and EU tours. And once again, check out that new album. It's called Careful, and it's out September 8th on Sub Pop Records. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you're looking forward to the next one.